Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Julie. And this is Two Sober Chicks. Welcome back. We are going to be discussing uh, the fourth step in our 12 steps, one step per podcast marathon. Mm -hmm. We hope that you've been doing it in a marathon. That'd mm -hmm. be kind of fun. If you haven't, we have discussed steps one, two, and three, which are the discernment steps. And now we are going into the action steps, the first one of which is step four. Right. And step four reads, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Right. Period. <laughs> I was like, I feel like that should be going longer. Um, the simplified translation of that would be examined all aspects of who I am and what I've done, honestly, openly, and thoroughly. And the spiritual principle, for various reasons, is courage. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Um, in the 12 and 12, it, it talks about who wants to, you know, admit defeat and, um, and then of course we get to this step and it's like, and who wants to talk about all the shit that they've done? Cause that's what we do in a fourth. Yeah. We do an inventory. Right. Um, one of the things they talk about in the big book, um, when they get to this, it's around page 64 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And one of the analogies I like is that it talks about us, uh, and a business and it compares us to a business. Mm -hmm. So in a business, you take a written inventory in order to take stock of what you have. Mm -hmm. And that includes the things that are not so good, the things that have gone rotten. You have to know what's in there so that you can know what to keep and what to get rid of. Yeah. And I thought that was a very nice, simple way of um, explaining it. Yeah. You know, this is what I have. This is what helps to make up you know, who I am as a character, as a being. Um, what's led me to make maybe some of the decisions that I've made in my life that weren't so good. And maybe it's time to shelve those things or to get rid of them or to at least begin to ask for help on how to correct them. If we can't fully get rid of them, you know, take them away. Root and branch is one of the lines, but mm. sometimes we hang on to things, um, like ego. We think we don't have an ego. Uh, and then as we go through these steps, we start to realize that ego can be something as, uh, uh, simple as, um, I don't want to trust anyone else's decisions. I don't want to trust a higher power. I want to make the decisions on my own. Yeah. I need to make the decisions on my own. Uh, for me, I was very reliant on, well, I can't trust, you know, another way because that's only my way that I know. It's only my way that I trust. And then I had to keep getting brought back to, yeah, but how did you get here? Yeah. It was your way that landed you here in the mm -hmm. first place. So. I feel like a fourth is like looking inside someone's fridge. Like if you look inside someone's fridge and all you see is garbage, no wonder they feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> like you can tell a lot about how a person lives and what works for them and what doesn't. Because if you look in the fridge and all you see is garbage, it's time to do an inventory and say, okay, this stays, this goes. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm an overeater or I'm a binger and all I have in my fridge is junk then maybe it's time to change my eating habits. Yeah. It's funny when you said take a look inside someone's fridge, the first thing I thought of was how dirty my fridge was, and I had just recently started to clean it. Mm -hmm. Didn't do it all at once, though. I just started with the crispers. You know mm -hmm. how things get a little bit rotten and Rungy. gooey sometimes? Mm -hmm. So I had to haul those things out and soak them and mm -hmm. throw some Javix in there and really clean it out. Um, but And that's what we do with an inventory, too. It's yep. like what's what okay, stay, what's what good, go. what's causing the problems. Um, so another simplified way to look at it is to identify areas of resentment, bitterness, anger, frustration, hurt, 
Um, Entitlement. Envy. Jealousy. Mm, betrayal. Betrayal. <laughs> Guilt. Um, Shame. And then write these things down. So, and one of the ways, in the book, sometimes it people feel like it's maybe a little bit um, lacking, like they're kind of missing a little something. Yep. Um, and I know that for me, one of the things that I did was I looked at my columns and I, number one was, okay, if it's resent, resentment, who am I resentful at? So I put the name down. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Sarah. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's the church. Maybe it's my mom. So I identify that person. And then the second thing, the second column, I just write a little story. I can't, you know, encompass... Maybe there's a bunch of different things. So I'm not going to write every little thing. That would take me forever. I'm not here to write a novel about my history. I'm here to sort of get a synopsis of, you know, what are the issues? So then I write, what's the cause? So basically, what's the root feeling? You know, how did I feel in a certain situation? Mm -hmm. um, and then three is identifying, well, what does this affect? And they give you some examples in the book. Um, does it affect your self-esteem? Does it affect your sex relations, your security, your personal relationships, etc.? cetera? Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I write down things like, well, what it affected my ego or self-esteem, which can also be linked to my fear, personal relationships. Um, and then four, this is the tricky part where your sponsor tricks you because my sponsor sort of did it in, you write down the column first, write down a list of all the people who, you res who you're resentful at or who you're mad at. Oh, that was fucking easy, right? And then what was, the, what was the cause of the situation? That was super easy too. What did it affect? Well, I certainly know what it affects because I know exactly how I'm feeling. And then you get to that fourth part, which is can you find or identify any area where you might have set the ball in motion? So that can be a little bit trickier. Yeah. But identifying what your part is in it. And really what we're, we're starting to understand through this process is that um, we can't control the actions and behaviors of other people. But maybe if we can identify our part and how we played a part in each and every situation, um, because like in every relationship, we are in relation with the world. So in every relationship that we have, there is me and then there is other. Mm -hmm. uh, I cannot control the other, but I can start to understand instead of react, I can start to understand what I can control mm -hmm. from my own perspective. And I think that's part of what this whole inventory helped me figure out. Yeah. I like how your sponsor left it till the end. Mine had it right on the sheets. I actually yeah. have, if anybody wants a fourth inventory format, you can email us at twosoberchicks at gmail.com. And I have an Excel or a numbers version and the way my sponsor did it is she gave me, and as all of us are usually given, mm -hmm. four sheets. One is harms, one is fears, one is resentments, and one is sex conduct. Yeah. And mine in harms would be like, who did I hurt? You list that person, Julie. Um, where did, what did I do where I was at fault? What did I fail to do that caused the harm? And then there's the columns, right? Self-will, self-esteem, material, emotional, pride, self-pity, whatever. It's a little in-depth. Usually a sponsor will have their own mm -hmm. sheets. And the reason we do that is so that we can recognize causes and conditions. Right. Like, why do we drink like this? Why do we behave like this? Why do we do this? And I feel like it's important to point out 
it says made a searching and fearless moral inventory. I don't think there's such a thing as fearless. I think bravery and courage are done when you face your fear and you walk through it. So don't wait until you are completely free of fear before you do this. You Mm. will have fear as you're doing this. Push through anyways. Because fear is always usually a barometer of where you're supposed to go. And fear is usually what is the door that leads into all of the freedom of your life. Mm. So that's why I love as a step. It's very, takes a lot of work. I don't know if there's another step that actually takes as much physical sitting down, writing out, examining and going over your past, but it yields the best results because you cannot do the rest of the steps without four. No. And you cannot do four without the first three steps. Right. So that's why we do them in order. Yeah. One at a time. You can't do five if you haven't done four for sure. Absolutely. Um, I also like that it talks about pen to paper. Um, Mm -hmm. Where is that? On page 64, near the bottom, it says, we set them on paper. I like that. So uh, for me, it's very important to write it down. This is the first tangible physical evidence. You can touch it. You can see it. You can go back to it. You can look at it again. If you forget, and trust me, you will forget Mm -hmm. throughout your recovery how bad it used to be and what you did. And how you used to think, you will forget that. But if you write this down and you keep it somewhere, you can go back to it and you can look at it and go, oh, wow. Yeah. And it's kind of neat to, on an anniversary, to go, well, look look how far I've come. Yeah. Look where I used to be. So it's the tangible evidence of our recovery. Um, I really do like that. I also like, um, on page 64, um, another key is to continue on. Don't stay stuck writing for too long. Don't yes. hang on to things. Don't write a fucking novel. Don't think that, you know. Sponsy did that. And I regret, I don't regret. I would not allow another sponsee to do it that way mm-hmm. where she wrote letters to each person on her resentment list because she's a very emotional person that writes a lot. And she wrote pages and pages and pages. And so step five took years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that we're and not it's therapists. not about that. It's no. not about pouring our hearts out. It's a very black and white exercise of what happened, how did it happen, where were we at fault, what part of self acted this out, and what do we do now? Mm-hmm. You can't. We're not a therapist. It's the, not a therapy session. Yeah, it's very serious work, and we cannot let our feelings get in the way to derail what we're supposed to be doing. No, can't get stuck because I will get stuck in my no. feelings. Every that's who I am. Um, I also wrote, uh, unburden yourself by taking step five. So if you're staying, Oh yeah, God, don't stop here. Yeah. If you're just writing and writing and writing, you don't get the chance to, um, unburden yourself, which is taking it to another human being, taking it to God and then taking it to another human being. And it's very important. Um, I tried to do this with uh, a person of clergy, um, who wasn't an alcoholic and they didn't know what to do with it. Yes. I talk about that a lot when I get to step five, actually. I think that's a really good point to bring up. Mm. And they didn't under, they didn't. So we'll talk about that in step five. Yeah. All right. Um, the other thing from page 64 that I really like is this is a direct quote from the big book, um, which I find very powerful and very important. It's at the top of page 64 and it says it could have little permanent effect, meaning this step Mm -hmm. that you are taking step four will have little permanent effect unless at once, immediately, (laughs) at once, followed by a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. 
Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Absolutely. That's a beautiful line. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing, I don't know, I will mention it here because it did come up. Oh, another thing that my sponsor sort of added for me, and I don't know if he got this from N.A. He might have gotten it from N.A., when I got stuck on um, my part, there were some things that I had a lot of bitterness and resentment around. It's like, I don't know if I can, uh, you know, I don't know if I can do this. And he would say, then you need to pray for that person. And he called it the bridge prayer, you know, build a bridge and get over it. So I had to then stop and pray for the person who I was resenting the most, or I had the most hatred for, the most anger for, mm-hmm. and pray to have God um, soften my heart and help me find forgiveness in my heart to learn how to forgive that person and find my part so that I could continue mm. and, and let go. So mm-hmm. that was the little bridge prayer that I did. And that um, came in uh, handy too when I was talking about um, childhood sexual trauma and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I sometimes I try to mention if I think about it in my talk um, so that people know that there shouldn't be anything that, that you feel will make you... Sp- different or special or more damaged than anyone else. Well, you'd drink, you'd continue to drink too if you'd suffered the injustices that I've suffered. So sexual um, childhood trauma, part of my story. Um, And it was very important for me to go through this process and then take it to my sponsor and say, I don't know what my part is in this. And he said, you didn't have a part then. You were an innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, someone did something to you. There's no fault of yours whatsoever. And it's really important that you know that. Now, my part today is after going through that and realizing it is, am I getting help? Am I getting the help I need? Am I taking care of myself now? Mm-hmm. Am I like not beating myself up that it wasn't my fault, that it was something horrible was done to me? Am I seeing a therapist to help mm-hmm. me learn how to get on with my life and deal with it? And then after taking those steps of self-care, my part today in getting over those things of the past is making sure that I don't remain a victim and I don't stay stuck. Putting it down. In the past, right? Yeah. Just don't stop picking up that luggage and carrying it around with you, this yeah. great burden or this cross to bear. Put it down. I Get like off that. the cross, Mary. Somebody we else need needs the, the wood. wood. <laughs> <laughs> and this exercise, too, is not about blame, shame. No. It's just a, you have to look at it almost clinically and move on to the next one because guilt and shame demand punishment, and this program is not about punishment. Mm-hmm. Recovery is the opposite of punishment. So we will torture ourselves if we feel guilty or shameful about something. Guilt is about feeling bad about what I've done, and shame is feeling bad about who you are. And that's not where we want to go. Mm -mm. And no sponsor will ever want you to feel that way. So talk about those feelings. If you're having them, talk about those feelings with your sponsor. Yeah. And my hope is that your sponsor would also share with you their own struggles. And that's part of that trust building. You know, when we sit down and we talk, when we do the fifth, when we talk with our sponsor about the things on our fourth, they're most likely going to share with you some of their own experiences. And that will help you feel like you're not the worst person in the world. No, it's just about responsibility. It's about becoming big boys and big girls and taking responsibility for what we've done to ourselves and to others while in the grips of our addiction. Yeah. And then learning to do better. And realizing that as shitty and as awful as this may be now, these are the gifts that are going to enable you to 
overcome your challenges and staying sober and move forward. Yeah. If you let them scare you into stopping the process, they're going to be, they're going to enslave you rather than free you. But I think we tend to not look at things in a sort of divine perspective. And so as we all know, like suffering is just like the crux of emotional and spiritual growth. So look at it as more as an opportunity of like, okay, this is really big and heavy. So it means something. Let's see what happens if we try and work on it. Yeah. And, um, did we say our secrets keep us sick? You did not. Okay. That's a, that's a good saying. I like that saying. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter how bad you think it is, I think it's really important to share those things with your sponsor, put it on your fourth and talk about it. Um, because if you hang on to those things, thinking that it's the worst thing that anyone in the world has ever done, you don't get that chance to be free. Yeah. You don't get that chance to unburden yourself and to let it go. And this process is about freeing you. It's about helping you become the best possible version of yourself. Like Julia said, it's not about shame. It's not about guilt. It's not about punishment, blame. It's about unshackling yourself Mm -hmm. and placing that burden down, placing it on or in if you the hands of something greater mm-hmm. on the shoulders of giants someone mm-hmm. bigger so that is our uh, theory or our I don't know description of step, step four. four so thank you so much uh, for joining us we hope that if you are at this stage uh, in your 12 steps and you were about to start your step four that you feel a little bit better and uh, just get get into it Mm-hmm. Do it. You can do it. Give her. Whatever lies are in your head saying you can't, just dismiss them. Say thank you for sharing and move on with your program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fear usually around this and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not necessary because no. you're going to feel so good after you get into the next set of steps. Oh, yeah. oh, so hang on. Oh, the ride's going to get even better. Mm-hmm. Oh, Thanks a lot for joining us on Two Sober Chicks. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And we'll talk to you in step five next. Oh,